0: This whole week, we're gonna talk about courage because of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When I was thinking about his life, the word that rose to the top for me was courage and how that comes from God so that you can do things that you thought you could never do. Um, And that's the story today. You're gonna hear a woman named Kim tell you something she recently did that she did not think she could do, but he gave her courage and strength. And then she opens up about her past a life of addiction and believing she was worthless but god did something amazing and so maybe her story will give you the courage to face whatever it is that you're facing this is this, this is this is, life. Life. This is life. 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 life life
1: life this is life with lisa williams
0: who is someone who exemplifies courage that's what I asked a group of my friends. Someone said Kim Ellingson and everybody else said, Yes, Kim. Talk to Kim. Yeah, Kim's a great choice. How does that make you feel, Kim, that your name was the first name brought up when I
1: asked my friends who is courageous? It kind of blew my mind. Why did they say my name? <laughs>
0: <Is> that <laughs> That's real? <just>, yes.
1: <laughs> and it's it's kind of overwhelming. I don't, I don't like to be in the spotlight, but, um, yeah, that, that yeah, it's like, whoa, <laughs> people said that about me. Yeah. Julie Thomas, you know, Julie's like one of my best
0: friends. And, and the other day she was talking to me and she basically said, have you heard all of Kim's story? And so I know the reason that people responded that way, um, has to do with something that recently happened, but I want to go a little bit deeper than that too, with Kim. Um, and, but let's, let's start with a thing that's, that's on top of mind for many of my friends. And that is Kim just did a 5K. And from what I understand, and I know she's over 50. I hope that's okay. I say because I went to look at the time results and it was like the over 50 category, there's Kim. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I didn't even know how old she was. Now I know she's over 50. But it was the first 5K of her life. Is that correct? Actually, it was the second one, but the first one that I finished. So you didn't finish the first one. So this is the first one that you completed. And- It took him a long time, but bless God, she finished. She finished. And there was a bunch of us waiting at the finish line when Kim came with um, our friend Rosanna was with her and we were all just so excited. And so you want to just explain that whole thing? Like, why did you do that? And what motivated you to do that? And how did you finish and not give up before it was over? You want to kind of unpack that some? Um,
1: The reason I did it is because I needed to do it. It was something I had to prove to myself, and then after I told people that I was going to do it, I had to do it, because there was this whole accountability thing, and um, for the first time in a long time, my feet are feeling good, because I've always had chronic foot issues, and so I was like, okay, I can do this, and I had such incredible support from new friends, old friends, and... I was overwhelmed by the support that people were giving me. And so that got me through and God got me through because honestly, there were times in the beginning where I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And that had always kind of been a theme in my life, but God truly came that day and helped push me over the finish line along with all those awesome people that were supporting me.
0: I really want to hear more about that, that God helped you across the finish line. How do you know that? What did that feel like? Why do
1: you say that? Because there was one point at about halfway, because the 5K I did before, I only made it halfway. It was really hard because it was at altitude at Camp Eden. It was on a dirt road, and the dirt road was really hilly and uneven. And I have asthma. And I just halfway through I was like, I can't go any further. This is it. I'm done. Well, this one last Saturday at the halfway point, it was like, oh, I made it to the point where I did before each step I take is one more step farther than what I did before. And so just past the halfway point, I was feeling pretty lousy just physically I was out of breath. It was just, I was hot, even though it was only like 19 degrees that day. (laughs) It's really cold. (laughs) It was very cold. But I was sweating because I'm a big girl. And so then. Me too. I don't know. (laughs) So then it was just like, I don't know if I can really do this. And I kind of started getting lightheaded. But because I don't like to show weakness, I just was like, okay, well, if I'm going to pass out, I'll just pass out. But I'm not going to say anything to anybody. <laughs> At least that would be epic. You know, yeah, like, exactly. like, remember that 5K? Exactly. But you pushed, you pushed on. I pushed through it. And I felt in that moment that God was telling me, no, you have this. You've got this. You can do this. And so it was just one foot in front of the next. And then I was further than I had gone. And little bit further and a little bit further. And it's almost like I got a second wind. I mean, I wasn't jogging. I was just walking. But I did it. I really, really did it. And that was very exciting. And it was very emotional.
0: You mentioning that one foot in front of the other reminds me of an interview I did years ago with a man named Eric, who led the first blind person to the top of Mount Everest. So Eric was the guide, and the blind man was also named Eric, and um, he was trying to explain what it's like to go to the top of Mount Everest, and he said, it's so bad at times. It's so horribly difficult at times. I mean, they're physically fit, they're trained, all these things, but it's so treacherous, and he says, the only thing that I can focus on is the next step. It's the only thing. And once he takes that next step, then he focuses just on the next step. And that was a really important thing to hear because I've been through things in my life where I thought I cannot do it. But then you think, well, I just have to focus on the next hour. If I survive the next hour. And then I'm going to make it the next hour or the next 24 hours. And so that concept of just focusing on the strength for the next step, I mean, that helped you. And that's really, I'm so glad that you said that because I know somebody needs to hear that right now. And so I did the 5K because of Kim. (laughs) I wasn't going to go because it was too cold. (laughs) And all my friends were like, oh, come on, we're doing the oatmeal run. I'm like, yeah, no, it's okay. You know, um, my husband's busy and I'd have to bring the kids and I'm not going to do a 5K with my kids and it's cold. And then I saw that Kim was doing it. And I got inspired because, you know, I don't, you know, like Kim's not in shape. Like, hey, I go run marathons. You know, it's like Kim's doing it. Kim's doing it. Oh, I'm I'm doing it. And then I, I committed financially. And that night before I was like, oh, if Kim were not doing it and I had not committed financially, there's no way I would get up tomorrow morning to go out in the cold with my children. But when it was done, I was so thankful, so thankful that I had done it. So, Kim, you inspired me. And I hadn't done a 5K since 92. So it was a big deal for me to get my butt out of bed and get my boys bundled up and get out there and have just a great time. So, Kim, while we have time together, and maybe if you could kind of think about this idea of courage as you answer this question, um, you know, we don't know each other all that well. We're acquaintances. We're more than acquaintances because... We know each other through church, so we're sisters, and we know that. But I don't really know Kim, (laughs) you know? So since we have some time together, can you go back and look at a part of your personal history and kind of just tell us a little bit about you, maybe thinking about the the theme of courage and what God has done in your life?
1: So when I think of courage, I don't necessarily think of myself. But if I think about myself and where I've come from— Then I realized, yes, I was courageous. My parents got divorced when I was about eight, and that absolutely train wrecked my life. And I was daddy's little girl, and that was really important to me to have a relationship with my dad. And so for most of my youth, I was longing for this relationship with my dad. And so I had this void, and... I decided to fill that void with other things. When they divorced, did your dad
0: leave the picture? I mean, was he out of your life or was he just, it was just such a different life that it felt like he was gone or was he gone?
1: Um, he was gone. We lived in Minnesota at the time. We were from Missouri. And so my mom and my little sister and I moved back to Missouri and my dad moved out here to Denver and so um there he was gone. There were no weekend visits, there was no Wednesday nights, nothing. He was That's gone. It so was sad. It was really sad. Yeah. Really sad. And it broke my heart and um I just really had this deep longing for a man in my life. And so I just I filled that void with other things. As I got older, it was other boys Mm -hmm. and I thought okay well if I get the boys to like me then that's good that's that's where I'm getting my approval Mm -hmm. um and then as I got older it was drugs and alcohol and that all now in retrospect I realized I was just numbing myself to that pain that I felt but um the boys were never there the next day um the alcohol and the drugs would wear off And make me feel terrible. And I just constantly was trying to fill that void. And so for 18 years or so, that's all I had in my life to fill that void.
0: Would you consider yourself an addict? I mean, were you using so much that you feel like you had a full-blown addiction? And were you drinking so much? Did you feel like an alcoholic? Um, And when you say 18 years, like, is this through your 20s into your 30s?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I was definitely an addict. I worked in bars mostly. And so alcohol was readily available. Drugs were readily available. And it was an everyday thing, pretty much from the time I woke up until the time I passed out at night. I never really had like a boyfriend, but I had lots of boyfriends, And um, I just partied all the time. And it was almost like if I could just keep busy, then I didn't have to focus on all the stuff that hurt so badly obviously you figured some of this
0: stuff out because you talk like a woman who understands yourself now but back then you didn't understand yourself at all you were just part- partying and kim has a spirit like her energy and her spirit is like i could see her being like party <laughs> like we're just going to we're going to party from sunrise to sunset and just being lost in the euphoria of not ever dealing with your stuff never dealing with the pain, never dealing with the loss, never dealing with any of it, but just medicating and just kind of barreling through life, but with no sense of reality. And so
1: when did it come to a crashing end? When did the change come in your life? Well, when I was 21, I got my first DUI. And so that was kind of a wake-up call, but that pretty much just slowed me down. I did what I had to do for that to some extent, but didn't really complete all of my requirements. And years later, I ended up getting picked up on a curfew violation or something silly, which could have been much worse. And um, I had to do three days in jail, and that was really hard. I knew that I didn't belong there. I was a good person at heart, but I my actions took me to jail. And so that, that was hard for me. That was really hard for me and very shaming to me. But it didn't stop me from using and drinking. And it was in my late 20s that I met my future husband. We both partied together all the time, and um, he was there in the morning, And he was there the next morning. And so it was like, ooh, I better hang on to this one. And so we got married in less than a year. And we continued to party. Just to kind of go back a little bit, when I was 18, I was told I would never be able to have kids. And so that kind of helped in the whole party universe. That's another pain. In reality, it's another pain that you just probably were
0: ignoring and medicating because that's a terrible, terrible blow.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I I said, oh, well, that's fine because I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids because all that is just marriages don't last and the kids get hurt. And so there's no reason for me to get married and have kids. So I met my husband. We were married for eight years and... I suddenly one day found out I was pregnant and needless to say, I was shocked. I was scared. I was terrified. I did not know what was going to happen to my life. Was my husband going to stay with me? He had said he didn't want any more kids. He had two kids from a previous marriage and I knew that all the partying would have to stop. Because you can't have a baby if you're doing drugs. So, huge wake up call. We did not know what to do. It was suggested to me that I have an abortion, but I couldn't do that. I just, that was against what I believed. And so, we decided that we would just have to go at this head first and just figure it out. So, there was problems knowing if i really was pregnant for a while. And so in about the 3 month pregnancy mark, it was confirmed, yes, i was pregnant.
0: It's kind of a miracle.
1: It was a big miracle. Yeah. And it was a big scary miracle. Mm-hmm. And it was on that day on March 15th 2000 that i saw my son on the ultrasound for the first time. He was the size of a little peanut. And, um, it was that day that I decided that my life was no longer mine and that it was my responsibility to take care of this gift that God had given me. And so that day changed everything for me. And I decided that it wasn't about me anymore. I had to give everything to God and take care of this little baby that at the time I was convinced was going to be born with three heads and right. six legs because of the lifestyle I had been living. But he wasn't. He was not. <laughs> he's now 15 and a half, and he's an amazing kid. Yes. And um, he saved my life and he changed my life and he showed me God.
0: Oh, well, it's so. So, so, so sweet because Ethan, um, I met him before I met Kim, you know, I just want to tell my part of the story of, you know, meeting him was, um, I was teaching a small group of fifth graders back when he was in fifth grade. What grade's he in now? He's in eighth grade. Eighth grade. So this is three years ago. And, um, I was, uh, burdened with, I I call it being pregnant myself, like I was pregnant with this vision that we had to have, had to have special needs ministry at our church, had to have it. And I was so burdened with it that I was telling the fifth graders, like, and here's what I need prayer, prayer for fifth graders, we are gonna have special needs ministry at this church. Well, Ethan was visiting that morning. It was their first morning at the church. And he said, my mom will be interested. I have a, is it a cousin? He has a
1: nephew.
0: Yeah, a nephew. I have a nephew who has Down syndrome. We go to Kansas City and we do the big walk. My mom will wanna help. And then he stayed afterwards, this is Ethan. He's different, he's a unique person. Obviously, the first time he was ever seen, he led someone to Christ. I mean, this is a unique man. And he uh, stayed after small group, like a grown up, He's like, Hey, listen, I'm not joking. When you start this ministry, you know, make sure you let me know. Cause I want to volunteer. And I'm like, you can count on it, dude. What's your name again? Yeah, I'm writing your name down. And he and his dad have been there and been there and been there for month after month, this buddy break that happens where it's respite care for kids with special needs, just serving and serving and serving and serving. So yeah, he, when his mama says he's a special young man, that that's not just a biased mama talking. He is a very special young man. And so c- continue on if you don't mind, Kim. Like so, so then what happened in your life? Because quitting drugs and alcohol is a difficult thing, but it, did it just end for you? And then talk to me about your relationship with God and how that also progressed from that time.
1: It was a really hard transition, I guess, for me because i had been using drugs every day. The only time that I didn't use drugs was if we couldn't get any that day. Um, My husband said that he was going to quit drugs too, because, you know, he was going to be a new daddy and we were all excited. But deadlines came and went and he didn't quit. And so, you know, oh, when the baby's born, I'm going to quit. And then the baby was born and he didn't quit. And I knew I had to make a choice between being the mom that my baby needed or staying married. And it was hard. And so I told my husband, I said, you need to make a choice because you can't have drugs and a wife and a baby. And so we got a divorce. And now I'm happy to say that now we're like best friends. We're not married, but we're still friends and we co-parent well He lives a few doors down from me, and we do dinner together. It's really weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird in the most
0: wonderful way because it took me a long time to figure out, are they married? Wait, they're not married, but they're parenting, but they act like they're best friends. Wait, maybe they are married. No, wait, they're not married. It took me a long time. And people will ask me sometimes. I'll be like, no, they're not married, but they're best friends. And people are like, oh, okay. So it's cool.
1: It's cool. It's unique. It's your own path. And it works for us. And that's the important thing is that – we're parenting our child together. And sure, we have times where we don't agree and we argue, but what cohesive family doesn't have disagreements. And so we're just a different flavor of family from most people. But in that whole journey of becoming a mom and making the decision to quit using drugs and that struggle and this the decision to not be married anymore, that all took a lot of courage. And it was hard. I didn't want to be divorced. There's a legacy of divorce in my family. My parents were divorced. I have aunts and uncles that were divorced numerous times. Um, My ex-husband's family has divorced in it as well. And I didn't want to be a part of that. I'd always said if I did get married, it was forever. It was until death do us part. And so I As what I call a new Christian, because I knew God when I was little, but then I walked away. And so now coming back to God, I was like, oh, this is going to be against what God wants for me in the marriage. And so I just every single day was like, God, you have to tell me if this is okay for me to do this. Well, God doesn't use burning bushes anymore and lightning bolts. It just doesn't happen. But one day, I had a great peace wash over me, and I knew that it would be okay because I was doing the right thing for my child. You
0: were taking a stand for what you for had. What was you had, right? And yeah, I, I, I understand. I mean, I can understand on many levels. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not everybody understands, but I understand. I understand taking a stand and, and for for your child. You, you you didn't want to use anymore, mm-hmm. and that was that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was hard and I felt bad about it. And I was ashamed to tell my mom and my friends and, and I, you know, I know in some people's eyes, I would be the bad person, but I had a great peace about it. And it wasn't always easy at the beginning. It was really, really hard. Ethan and I lived in my mom's basement for a couple years and, you know, Ben had come to get Ethan and I'd hand him to him and I'd go down into my mom's basement and cry and um luckily it's all gotten a lot better. And I have grown so much. I started singing again and I just have a great relationship with God now and He's brought all these wonderful people into my life. And Ben too. Ben's ben, relationship yeah, with God is Ben quit using and he's clean now and and it's all good. Yeah. I mean it's our lives are so blessed. And all of that took a tremendous amount of courage. Um, it's not easy to walk away from a life that you had been living for so long. Yeah. It's And it's just, it's walking into the unknown. I'm a control freak. Ben will be the first person to tell you that. <laughs> Ethan will be number two. And walking out into something that I have absolutely no control over, that was so hard. So hard. I don't like the unknown. But... Um, It worked. And God was there the whole time. And he's brought tremendously wonderful people into my life that are there to help boost me along. Just like the ladies at the 5K. When I didn't think I could do it, they were all there rooting (laughs) me on at the finish line. And it, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought, brought it around to now because that was 15 and a half years ago. And now today, can you just say, this is where you are right now. This is what God's
1: doing in my life right now. Can you just tell us? God has brought me into the technical production ministry at our church. And I, I do the words I tell people because I, I don't know how to explain it. I'm the one that puts the stuff up on the screen. I love doing that. And it's something that I get great joy from and I think I have a talent for it. And I just the people that I've met doing that are great people. I they're good friends. Um I'm singing and I get to cook food for the Buddy Break volunteers, yeah. which brings me <laughs> such tremendous joy. They're all like, Oh, you're a good cook and thanks for feeding us. It's like, no, you don't understand. I enjoy doing this. Yeah. And so,
0: and then the exercise piece, what's that? The about?
1: exercise stuff is there was a women's conference at our church, and these ladies got up on the stage Charlotte Franson and Paula Valente, and they were going to talk about exercise. Well, yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> where's, the, where's the door? Exactly. I <laughs> sat there and I crossed my arms. I was like, I'm just going to like check out for this session. I'm not going to be a part of this. By the time they got done talking, I was like, I want to drink the same Kool Aid that they're drinking. <laughs> Because they got me excited about exercise. I have never been excited about exercise. In junior high, when we'd have to run around the track, I was the one that the whole class was waiting for. While I cried, just barely making it around the track and everybody was waiting for me so they could all go in and get showered. I am not an exercise person. My exercise when I was younger was dancing in the nightclubs all the time. I just, I don't do it. They made me want to go exercise. Yeah. They've started a group called
0: Sweat and the Sacred, and it really is the heartbeat. Uh, I I see Paula's face in my mind as I'm, I'm mentioning this, you know, this woman, she and Charlotte, but, you know, just this passion for God, a really deep passion for the deep things of God, and then the correlation to your body holds that spirit, and it all works together. So Sweat and the Sacred is a Facebook page that we're on, and we just encourage each other, and and we're trying to figure it out. And so I'm so excited that, you know, Kim's a part of that group. I'm excited to be a part of that group. And I'm just excited. And excited's not even the right word. It, 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 I don't know the word for what I'm feeling, but it's excited mixed with awe, mixed with anticipation, mixed with gratitude. Those four words is how I feel about you <laughs> and me. Like we're on a journey. And it it doesn't stop. You don't hit the ceiling and go, well, I'm done with God and I'm just going to ride this out to the end. He's doing a big work right now in Kim. He's doing a big work in me and he wants to do a big work in you. You know, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's something physical like you, you know, you never you never move your body or exercise and you feel terrible about it, but you can't break through. Um, maybe it has something to do with a relationship, maybe it has something to do with your kids. I, I, only God knows, but I know this for sure. He has something for you. He wants to teach you something. He wants to heal you deep inside. He wants to make a way where there seems to be no way. He wants to make a river in the desert for you. You know, So Kim's story is about you, right? And my story is about you and you finding that thing with God that he is just aching for you to find when you seek him, you will find him when you search for him with all of your heart. So Kim, thank you for having the courage to come in and tell your story. But I thought it was fascinating that when I asked my friends, who's someone who has courage in a text messaging group, that when Kim's name came up immediately, all of us started texting, yes, 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 yes. Um, it's just a 5K Right? We could all say, no big deal. It's just a 5K. They happen all the time, you know, whatever, those exercise freaks. (laughs) But it it was about something much more for her. And it became then something much more for all of us. So please be encouraged and be courageous. And if you want to reach out to Kim, you can do that through lifewithlisawilliams.com. Today's show is brought to you by Cure International. Talk about courage all the way around. The courage of a parent to walk into a cure hospital with their precious child. The courage that that child has had to have with a disability in an area where they are often ridiculed and seen as worthless because of their disability. The courage of the doctors and nurses and the entire hospital staff to leave the comfort of their home and go to a foreign land because they feel called to bring healing. So much courage in these people and so much beauty because cure heals kids and then they tell the kids and the families about the one who heals spirit soul and body so if you want to be a part of what cure is doing do the courageous act of coming to life with Lisa and clicking on cure thank you to melanie Moritzky for producing today's show thank you to paul goldsmith for all of your help and encouragement and thank you for listening or as i like to say in my codependent way where I just want to express ultimate appreciation that you actually took the time to listen. (laughs) Hashtag thanks for listening.